When we talk about access to representation in our space, lack of diverse voices is sort of a symptom of everything else that you have going on in that regard. And so there are clearly going to be challenges in making sure that you're amplifying Black voices in thought leadership when there are challenges with hiring and retaining Black employees, right? When there are challenges with Black people getting equal access to quality education that would make them a good fit for these roles. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey everyone, Alicia here, and I'm so excited for you to hear today's conversation. I had the chance to sit down with Christine Ferrier, who is the Senior Director of Partner Marketing at Demandbase and is the founder of Black and Sass. That's right. She not only is a super accomplished B2B executive leading some great initiatives in the B2B tech community, but she's also building up her own business and is focusing on addressing the glaring diversity issue in events specifically. So Christine and I have had the opportunity to chat about Black and Sass a bit offline, so I wanted to sit her down, have her on the show, and really share her mission and her goals and her overall story with all of you. I'm sure we have quite a few virtual event hosts, content curators on the line right now listening to this conversation. So if anything, I hope it inspires you to learn more about Black and Sass or maybe join that community. So with that, I'm going to stop talking and we can kick off the conversation. Christine, thanks so much for being on the show with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So obviously we're connected because Demandbase has been such a great partner to Demand Gen Report. We go way back. We consider you family. So let's start with a little bit of background and get into all the new exciting stuff that you're doing later on. How did you start with Demandbase and what does your typical day in the life look like? Absolutely. So I recently celebrated my four-year anniversary with Demandbase, which feels like a really long time in SaaS world. My background was primarily in investment banking and financial services in a range of roles from generalist to owning demand gen, et cetera. And I joined Demandbase in a field marketing position that really worked well with how closely I had worked with sales in some of my previous roles. And over the years, I've done different things at Demandbase. So I moved from field marketing, started taking on some partner marketing responsibilities, took on responsibility for the ABM Leadership Alliance, which also has a podcast, the ABM podcast. So it feels interesting to be on the other side of the microphone today. And then moved into more of a a role owning our agency relationships. And so now my day-to-day revolves around thinking about the strategy that we execute with our partners. How can we make it 
not just mutually beneficial between us and our partners, but also making sure that we are leveraging those relationships to the benefit of our customers and their success. So that could be anything from having conversations with our partners about co-selling opportunities to figuring out what the next phase of training and education looks like to participating in thought leadership opportunities like this. So every day is a little bit different, but that's how I like it. Yeah, definitely makes the work very exciting, especially in the B2B world, which it's funny because for a while, B2B had this reputation of being boring and kind of stale. But I know that just based on our experiences, I mean, I've been with G3 Demand Gen Reports parent company going on 10 years now, just seeing the evolution of the space and and how much innovation has accelerated over the past few years, especially has been so exciting. And I have to ask you because you said you just are coming up on our just past your, your four-year anniversary. Number one, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and number two, I have to ask you, I mean, what changes have you found to be most exciting in the world of B2B or maybe it's just tech specifically since that's where demand-based largely plays? I mean, what new developments or innovations really get you riled up and excited for the day, for lack of a better term? Yeah. So, so demand-based just I guess, completed our acquisition of Engageo. The acquisition itself took place over the summer, but we're getting ready for the launch of the combined platform right now. And that's been really exciting. I think it's going to make a huge difference in how sales and marketing work together one of the tenets of account-based marketing is really focused on that sales and marketing alignment. And the acquisition of Engageo is going to help to bring that vision to life for a lot of people in the space. So that's really exciting. You know, I'd like to focus my answer around ABM because... ABM is no longer a buzzword, right? It's tried and it's proven, but there are still pockets of industries. There are certain segments where they are still trying to figure out how to get started with ABM. And so it's really exciting to me to have those conversations with my fellow marketers where we are geeking out on strategy, execution, tactics. And I sort of get to move away from some of the more mundane practices of being a B2B marketer, whether that's working on budgets or trying to write some copy or something along those lines to really digging into who's our customer, how are we going to reach them, what pain point are we able to solve for, and how do we communicate that in a way that's really compelling and exciting to our target audience. So whenever I get to have some of those conversations, it's always really interesting. And I think one of the things that I really enjoy about account-based marketing is that there's this opportunity for continuous improvement, right? As soon as you look at a metric and say, all right, we've achieved a particular goal, whether that's around reaching a certain annual contract value or looking at our conversion rates from SQL to closed one business, as soon as you hit a goal, 
the process immediately starts turning around in your head as to, all right, how can we do even better? And I love that ABM offers opportunities to continue to refine the craft. I would say the other thing that I really enjoy is producing that thought leadership content. In my work with Demandbase and with the ABM Leadership Alliance, we have the opportunity to get marketers to share their real stories, things that have gone well, things that have not gone well, lessons that they have learned. And what I really enjoy about this community is people's willingness to share and also just how hungry marketers are for some of these real life examples. And it's really cool to see that no matter where you get started in your ABM journey, you're sort of able to leapfrog to the best ideas, the most efficient ways to achieve your goals because marketers are so generous with sharing what they've learned in terms of what to do and what not to do. So those are all some of the things that I really enjoy. Yeah. Now, a lot of really fantastic points. And I know one of the things that we've noticed, especially with our events and whether that be in-person, virtual webinar series, roundtables, it's that to your point now more than ever, I feel like people are not just eager to share their experiences, the the good, the bad, and the ugly, but they really just want that camaraderie. They want that feeling of community. And I think that really ties to just the ever importance of these types of networking opportunities, community building opportunities. And that's something that we always try to bring into our event experience, whether that be in person or for the time being, as much as we can consider moving forward virtual, but something that we always put at the top of the list. But that's something that can always improve, right? And I know one point of passion and priority for us, the reason why we got so connected, Christine, is that we've connected around this notion of the clear and ever-present lack of diversity in events. And I know that's something that we as event hosts and content curators have held ourselves more accountable for, have been focusing on and holding ourselves to a higher standard to bring that community to not just to life, but get more voices heard. So I have to ask you, because this will kind of connect to some new initiative, some new work you have going. I mean, why do you think that is still such an issue in this space when we are so driven by community and so driven by firsthand experiences that that diversity gap is still so present? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the stage in which we are trying to solve for this problem, right? I mean, the murder of George Floyd really shone a light on the existence and prevalence of systemic racism, right? And you just had this confluence of events where folks were home, we're dealing with the pandemic, People are on social media more than ever. And then this horrific event takes place, right? And we're all trying to deal with it our own way. But for me, as a Black woman working in marketing technology, I had never seen this sort of universal 
response and outcry, right? And I think it really moved people to try to understand how something like this could happen. And when we started to take strides to educate ourselves, what you realize is that what happened to George Floyd is clearly not a singular experience, but it reflects systemic racism in so many other areas of our world, right? So if you look at policing and communities, but then also how it's impacting education, healthcare. We're going through an election cycle right now, access to voting, so many areas. And I think when we talk about access to representation in our space, lack of diverse voices is sort of a symptom of everything else that you have going on in that regard. And so there are clearly going to be challenges in making sure that you're amplifying Black voices in thought leadership when there are challenges with hiring and retaining Black employees, right? When there are challenges with Black people getting equal access to quality education that would make them a good fit for these roles. So when we talk about why does this problem exist, I think it's just a little view into problems that are existing outside of tech and just more broadly in our world. But I don't think that the fact that this is just a microcosm excuses us from trying to deal with it and trying to tackle it and to make things more fair and equitable. And that's one of the things that I'm working on right now. Absolutely. There are definitely macro issues as well as micro issues, and they all kind of integrate and impact each other, right? Which leads us perfectly, I think, into your new exciting initiative, Black and SAS. So give our audience a scoop on the mission, how you're bringing it to life, and really what your goals were in getting this up and running. I mean, I think our, our last points were kind of the setup for this rather well. Yeah, absolutely. So in the midst of everything that was going on with... George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, I was really struggling to think about what I could do to make an impact in my little area of the world. And at Demandbase and with the ABM Leadership Alliance, I have a lot of responsibility for content. And so like many other, you know, SaaS organizations in marketing technology and beyond, I think we struggle to ensure that our thought leadership, our conferences, our keynotes, our webinars, podcasts, blog posts equally represent diverse voices and even more so Black voices. And so I realized that I was in a unique position to create a meaningful impact right away. And that's how Black and SAS was born. And the mission is to showcase, nurture, and amplify Black voices in the SAS industry. And we are doing that primarily through a speaker's directory. So think about almost a speaker's bureau where I'm able to remove the friction between Black professionals in this space who are ready, willing, and able to share their expertise and the organizations that would like to include them as subject matter experts in their thought leadership. So 
We have started building the speakers directory and then also started thinking about a series of events to help showcase some of those speakers right off the bat and to build a little bit of momentum of our own as a first step. That's super exciting. I love that there is this equal emphasis on community, you know, connecting people who are are ready, eager, and and willing to engage in events, share their stories and experiences and the folks that are running those events, right? Because I know we've had situations where we want to bring new and fresh voices into the mix. And it's like, well, how do we even find them, right? And, And there are plenty of like the top 10 lists and that's a whole different conversation, but it's usually the same people. <laughs> over and over. So it's like, how do we even break the cycle if the tools and the resources we have access to aren't allowing us to do that? So you're definitely filling several needs, I feel like. Yeah. And I mean, as a person that has been responsible for filling the slots on a panel or trying to convince my CSMs to reach out to their customers to get approval for someone to participate, getting any sort of speaker outside of your tried and true go-tos is a challenge, right? So I'm really excited about the opportunity that this is going to offer because even as I'm having internal conversations with people who are responsible for content at Demandbase, I know if I say, look, I'm building out this directory, we've got 50 speakers that you can choose from. They reflect our prospects, our customers, industry thought leaders. Would you be interested in access to this list? Black, white, purple, pink. (laughs) The answer is a resounding yes, right? And so I'm really excited about this opportunity because I think it solves a multitude of issues in a way that is a win-win for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. So you brought up the point. So this platform is basically a SaaS solution, right? So it's it's kind of meta that you're kind of building yeah. this, this platform. <laughs> so you're kind of equal parts platform builder. You're a builder, but you're also a content creator. We'll get into the content in a second, but what have you learned as you've been building this up? Because we had a past conversation as you were kind of figuring out, okay, how do I reach out to people? How do I get people to input their information and kind of create this ripple effect of getting people to share and engage with it and submit their information and also subscribe to it? I mean, there are a few layers here. So what have you learned going through this process that may be helpful for others in this space that want to make an impact in their small portion of the world, like you were saying. But the idea of building something from scratch feels so overwhelming and time-consuming. Any tips or any key learnings from your experience so far? Yeah, so many. I mean, I think the first thing is that I have really had to take some time to educate myself, right? I'm not a diversity expert. This is not my experience. I'm I haven't been doing this type of work. And I've heard from lots of folks that being, I guess, an underrepresented minority sort of gives you expertise in that area. So while I am an expert at being a black woman, I'm not as well versed in the historical context, right? Like the access to information that true diversity and inclusion experts have built a career upon. So 
I've taken a lot of time to start educating myself. And there are little nuances. I mean, even when I was starting to put together the speaker's directory, there was a question about gender or sex, right? Because we're asking people to fill out this information. And I had to go online and figure out how do I appropriately word this question. And we landed on asking people to select their pronouns. But definitely, this is such a what's the word that I'm looking for? This is such a nuanced space that I have really appreciated being able to take the time to educate myself and and some of the learnings that have come about from just starting this endeavor. Other things that I've learned, it was more important to me to get this thing started and to start building momentum rather than it have it be perfect. So I'm a B2B marketer. Brand is important. Logos are important. Websites are important. But I felt such an urgency to get this thing off the ground that we've launched with minimal branding. The website is not even live. I've used a LinkedIn company page as a placeholder. But somehow, even with this urgency and lacking some of the things that I would have thought were majorly important before, we've managed to have our first event in October We've got another one on the books. We're starting to build momentum. People are so interested in helping and offering their support that a lot of it has, you know, one of the things that it has really emphasized for me is that that perfection is the enemy of just getting something done. And so we've moved forward with, I'd say, a minimally viable product in a lot of place, but we're already starting to see really good results. Yeah. And well, I think there's something to be said too of just like stating up front that this is a work in progress, that you're learning, you're iterating, and the more you get input from people who are engaging with the platform, either using it or submitting to it, like that's a work in progress, right? I think just being transparent about that and being open to evolving and growing, I think is the most important thing. And now more than ever, people are are receptive to that, right? It's not just a matter of being like, oh, okay, like they're figuring out. It's like, oh, that's great. Like, here's how I can help you, which I think is so important when you're building something from the ground, which leads me to my follow-up question around your community building efforts. So you mentioned LinkedIn. You're also doing events, which is super exciting. You had your, your first one, I believe, mid to end of October. So how did that go? Did it kind of lead to any key action items for you or lessons learned? I know for us, it's like as soon as the event is over, it's like, okay, well, I would have changed this, that, and this thing. And next time we got to do this. So how did that all shake out for you? Yeah, I think one of the big surprises to me was just the overall scale, right? So in my work with Demandbase and the ABM Leadership Alliance, I'm used to gigantic events, right? So 4,000 registrations, 900 attendees. Our first event was clearly much smaller, but there was an authenticity, I think, and an intimacy that came along with that, that I've 
never experienced in any of my, say, purely professional endeavors. And it was also, I would say, a labor of love, right? So my first speakers, I reached out to friends and family from Google and SAP um, and someone who just joined the team at Demandbase. These were folks who immediately said, raised their hand and said, yes, I believe in what you're doing. I'm willing to help. And they also just happened to represent great experience and also had great perspective to offer. The chat was more active than any event where I've ever I've ever seen where folks were sharing tips and tricks and their LinkedIn profiles because they wanted to be connected to everyone that was experiencing this event with them. So I'm appreciating that this will be slow and organic growth because again, I'm I'm still having to do my day job and I'm very appreciative to Demandbase for their support. They actually sponsored the first event along with Greenhouse so that I've got kind of the space to work on this and to nurture it and to see it grow, utilizing all of my past professional experience to bring something new and exciting to life. Fantastic. So that kind of leads me to the big question, I think, for anyone that's listening right now and is excited or intrigued by this. How can folks get involved? I mean, this could be at the individual level. Maybe they want to submit their information for the Black and Sass database, speak, companies. I mean, what layers or levels of involvement are currently available? What do you hope to accomplish as this continues to grow? Yeah, I think that there are so many tracks and opportunities for folks to help out. I mean, whether there are Black professionals who want to be involved or white professionals or any other race that wants to act as an ally and to help support this initiative, I've got just kind of a checklist that I can run through. Number one, following us on social media to help support amplification of any information that we are putting out across those channels. We are Black in SaaS across all platforms. The next is that we're really looking to build the directory of Black professionals that are ready, willing, and able to talk or to speak about a multitude of topics, right? And I'm really trying to highlight that the Black professionals in your organization can provide insight and perspective on topics outside of diversity issues or racial justice racial justice issues. So take a look around your organization. If you typically tap the same folks to be involved in your thought leadership and to act as subject matter experts, Are there Black people within your organization who maybe have not participated simply because they haven't been asked, right? And so think about ways that you can help improve access and representation for the people that you have within your own company. The next thing that I would say is that we're offering sponsorships for our, for the events that we're putting on ourselves. So 
if you're interested in associating your brand with this work and really helping to get the word out, Greenhouse and Demandbase both shared jobs that they had available during our last event. So that's that's certainly a way to help get the word out. So yeah, and folks can also get in touch with me directly. I'm on LinkedIn. I've seen my own LinkedIn popularity kind of skyrocket through this initiative. And when I say popularity, what's really been helpful for me is just getting to know other Black professionals in this space that were not a part of my network before, hearing some of their stories, um, sharing some of their successes, and being able to spread the word about some of the things that they're doing within their own spaces. So it's been really just rewarding in that regard already. And I can't wait to see how this continues to help people with their professional pursuits, but also helping organizations to enrich the content that they're putting out in their different spaces as well. Yeah. And I love the point you brought up, Christine, around tapping your Black employees, your Black talent to go beyond just the issues around diversity and racial justice because they're experts in their fields, right? They're practitioners. They have stories to tell way beyond just the level of identity, right? And I think that's almost like a trap we kind of fall into as content curators, as agenda creators. Where can we include a more diverse set of executives and just have that be the bar, right? How can we do it in a way that it's just not a box to check and really enable a more diverse set of voices to be heard across the board? So I I think that's a really important distinction. And it's something that we're continuously working on and trying to figure out how to accomplish that continuously. So fantastic point. I just wanted to flag that. Absolutely. Yeah. So to to close things out to that end, would love for you to share any final points around what's to come for Black and Sass. I mean, we talked about the events a little bit. Anything else coming up in the near future that we should flag for our listeners? Any topics that you plan or hope to dig into with these events? Absolutely. So our next event is actually taking place on November 17th. And I guess we're just going to keep going with the meta theme here. The topic for that event is how to become an actual SaaS thought leader. So we have a thought leadership event focused on thought leadership. Love it. (laughs) So we have a thought leadership event (laughs) focused on thought leadership featuring thought leaders. And so we've got Adrian Chang from Informatica will be speaking, Jeff Davis, who is a well-known speaker and author on sales and marketing topics in the B2B space. We also have Renee Smalls, who is a cybersecurity recruiter, and Hannah Jacover, who is is a group account director at Spear Marketing Group. So I'm really looking forward to their tips and tricks and insight on becoming a thought leader and what they've done to build their own personal brands in this space. So I think it's going to be a great event and I would invite everyone to participate. 
And I guess we can provide links and things of that nature for folks to register. Yep, absolutely. We'll include all of those details in the show notes for folks that want to learn more and register. I know we'll definitely be there, Christine. It's been such a pleasure to dig into this a little bit more. I know we've had a few conversations on the side, but to make it official and help you spread the word. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time out. Of course, I really appreciate it. And I'm looking to continue to work with Demand Gen Report on finding opportunities for the speakers from Black and SAS to funnel into some of your thought leadership content. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to work together and to collaborate on this. Absolutely. It's definitely the first of many conversations, I'm sure. So appreciate you taking the time. And of course, everyone for checking out this week's episode. Again, we'll be sure to include those links in the show notes so you can learn more. Please feel free to get in touch with us or reach out to Christine directly with any questions. And as always, share your feedback with us on social media at B2BMX. And we'll see you next time, folks. Take care.